You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma podcast. Mike Hearn here, your host, back with another episode. Excited to share this episode with you today. But before we do, I've got to thank our sponsors. First of all, the Oklahoma Hall of Fame. They've been a huge part of this podcast for the last few years. So the Oklahoma Hall of Fame have been sharing Oklahoma's story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, go to www.oklahomahof.com. And for daily updates, go to Oklahoma HOF on Instagram and give them a follow. Our other sponsor today is the Chickasaw Nation. Now, the Chickasaw Nation have sponsored pretty much everything in Oklahoma. They're a huge supporter of Oklahoma. And it's an honor to have their name and their brand supporting this podcast. So a huge shout out to Governor Anatoby for supporting this podcast. It really means a lot. Our third sponsor is Diffie Ford Lincoln down in El Reno. Now, this one makes me so happy because these guys are great friends of mine, um, play a lot of golf together. I've bought my cars from them. Do most of my oil changes down there, have a cup of coffee, hang out down in El Reno. It's a good spot to go. And not only are they great friends, but they provide a great service. So for over 60 years, a third generation family owned Oklahoma business down in El Reno. They're also in Bethany as well. So people in the Bethany area know the Diffies really well. But if you're looking for anything new used, um, Ford, Lincoln, or whatever, I'm sure they could find anything you want. Um, check them out, DiffieFord.net, and then on Instagram at DiffieFordLincoln. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike Hearn here, host, back with another episode. Gives me great pleasure to introduce Emily Schumann to the podcast, who has an Instagram page and a blog and a bunch of other stuff called Food for a Year. And I think by the time this goes out, Everyone's probably indulging in or thinking about Thanksgiving, thinking about Christmas dinner and all the food, and then you'll January will come around and you'll think it's time for a diet. So <laughs> we're getting ahead of that probably today, uh, but we are going to talk about cakes and baking and all the good stuff as well because you know everything in moderation is good in my opinion. Um, so thank you so much for coming down today. Excited to dive into your story and hear about um, who you are and what you do. Um, so before we dive into the food side of things, tell me a little bit about you. Where'd you grow up and, and kind of then how did you get into the love of food? Okay. Um, well, I, I was born in Norman, Oklahoma, and I attended school in uh, uh, more public schools in South Oklahoma City. I went to Westmore High School, so I haven't traveled far from home. Um, I attended OU and I got a degree in geosciences and then went on from there and got a master's in mechanical engineering at Southern Methodist University in Dallas and lived there for a little while. Um, and so my entry into food didn't come in a conventional way. And that's one of the things I really like about the, um, the opportunities that are presented through food is, is you can get there in a lot of different ways. First thing is you, if you like food, that's, that's right. key. Yeah. You gotta like food. Yeah. Um, but I worked in my field for several years, met my husband, um, got married, did all those things, became a young mom and decided to stay home and raise my um, family. Mm-hmm. And I have four children, three boys and a girl. In fact, my son just turned 21 this week. Okay. Um, I read that on your Instagram. You've got like three birthdays within 24 hours. Yeah. 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 My grandma was born on October 14th and my mom and my son have the 15th. So it's October is always a celebratory Family month. Yeah. yeah, lots of cake flowing yeah. in our homes. Um, but when I was pregnant with my daughter, I was on bed rest for the entire pregnancy. Okay. And uh, about the time during that window of time, which is a long window, nine months, um, Pillsbury Bake Off was taking entries for their upcoming contest. Okay. And I was bored enough and had enough free time to write a recipe for something I made for my husband um, and I for dinner all the time. And lo and behold, it was September 1st. At that time, I was eight and a half months pregnant and I got a phone call. And that was back when it was super cool to have your caller ID flash across the TV screen. Mm -hmm. There was that little window of time. 
And I, why I answered it, I don't know, because it had a known, and it was an older woman on the other end who was telling me a bunch of legal stuff, and eventually it came out that I had uh, been given a spot in that yeah. Pillsbury Bake Off competition. And this was back in 2009. And um, that very exciting moment led to uh, every other food moment that I've had since then. Um, I went down to Orlando, competed in the Bake Off, lost. I didn't win. The prize at that time was a million dollars. And um, I... I had a, the food writer from Tulsa World followed me down there and uh, told my story all across the state. I was on the news and in the radio and um, newspaper, and I just had people asking me for recipes and that sort of thing. And it hit me. I don't want to just be sending emails of my own recipes. I need to have a website. And that's where Food for a Year came from. And I was thinking for a while, what do I name this thing? Um, and it hit me that I, what I want to do is have a platform that I can document, not just seasonal items that, oh, like you said, this come, it's Thanksgiving, let's share a recipe for turkey. But it's October 15th, and it's my kid's birthday, and I'm going to share the cake that is his favorite. So it's seasons of life and seasons of the year. And... Um, I've just held on to that website like a bronco bull. I mean, sometimes I want to just run because I get, you know, it gets tiring and um, SEO and traffic and all of that can be a downer. And I finally just made the decision four or five years ago. I don't care what my analytics are. I don't care how many visits I get. I did this for me. And I'm just going to, to, to stick to that. I'm yeah. not going to worry about keywords. I'm not going to worry about where I rank on Google. I'm just going to write from the heart. And if I don't feel like writing, I'll quit for a little while. And um, it's just so interesting how a couple little decisions can change mm-hmm. the trajectory of where you land. I started teaching private cooking classes to kids. Moms would be like, oh, well, I want my kid to know how to make a cake or be comfortable in the kitchen to teaching with the more Norman Technology Center for five years to writing for Edible OKC in a reoccurring column. And um, I have found, and, and you know, when you reached out to me and asked me if I would consider being on the, the podcast, I try to say yes yeah. when it, my inner self says no. And so that's what I, that, that's how I've gotten to where I am is I just try to say yes yeah. um, to legal things. <laughs> right. Yeah, true. So yeah. whoever hears this, <laughs> right. if it's a, in, in a legal option, offer, I will not say yes to that. Yeah. Um, no, but it, it, I, it's funny you say that. I did a talk on that a couple of years ago about saying yes. And I, re, I look back over everything that every place that I've gone and where I am today. And it's because I always said yes to an opportunity because you can always say no at later. Yeah. But, you know, and I think and, and kind of the premise of the talk was like coming out of COVID and coming out of, you know, all the stuff that we went through, it was so easy to say no and be in your shell and say mm-hmm. no to opportunity and no to whatever. And you never know then what you're saying no to rather than just saying yes and be like, oh, actually, no, I don't think this is going to work out. Then I'm going to back out, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But you're right. Like, it's amazing how that mind shift too in your head of, I did this for me, you know, 20 plus years ago. Yeah. Like, you know, it wasn't about you. I need to do this because I need to support for, you know, my family, right? Like yeah. it was, I'm going to be a stay at home mom. I'm going to raise a kid and I'm going to do this to start, you know, cause I enjoy it, but also cause it keeps me busy. Absolutely. You know, and it gives me a sense of fulfillment. Mm-hmm. Um, it gives me a sense of, well, what was interesting is in that interview, uh, Pillsbury did a, just a ton of press. Mm-hmm. We had to have headshots. We, you know, just a whole thing. And that was fun because my headshots are of me nine months pregnant. The day that that headshot was taken, the next Monday, I had that baby. So I, my nose, I mean, it was just so bad. It's awesome. You can Google it. It's so great. Um, I just thought, well, you know, here you go. Yes. This this is is what yes gets you. Yeah, Yeah, this is me. But one of the questions that somebody asked me, um, 
in that interview process is what does it mean to you to be selected by the Pillsbury company to represent uh, their brands this way? And I said, what it, and it, it still rings true um, almost 15 years later, is what it means to me is you've given me a sense of validation. There, I don't know that there's a more basic menial task in everyday life than making meals for your family. And, you know, at that time I had a seven-year-old, a, a five-year-old, and a four-year-old. And a lot of it was, ooh, I don't like this. This is gross. Why do I have to eat it? And um, what happened with that opportunity to participate in that contest was that what you're, those little things matter. They're noticeable and they're actually good. And I just needed to hear that. And I think today a lot more people need to hear that. Yeah. And that's really the heart uh, with which I came into teaching cooking classes uh, where kids need to hear these things matter. There's room for improvement and you can shine in this place. You may not be the best math student. You may not know how to score a goal on the soccer field, but you can crack an egg like nobody's business and make people happy with their taste buds. Um, and so that, that, um, that, that's really the thing that's been the most meaningful to me in this process. And so you're exactly right. I don't have to do this. Um, I get to do it and I love doing it. Yeah. I, I like being my own boss. Uh, me too. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. And not having a schedule and not yeah. having like a nine to five, right? Waking up on any day of the week and thinking, you know what? For me, I'm going to go play golf today because the sun's out. Yeah. Um, well, no, I'm going to get some work done because it's raining. Or um, I'm just going to cook without filming it. I mean, yeah. that's, you know, it's yeah, me. You know? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to, I'm not going to film this one. I'm not going to record this. I'm just going to cook because yeah. it's good and I want to. So I don't, I want to, I want to go back a little bit. I don't want to like miss the fact that you did just say you went to OU for geosciences and then mechanical engineering at SMU. Yes. Where did you think you were going when you were in that period of your life? Um, I thought, I, what I thought was I was going to work within the private sector, um, helping people meet, um, the regulations and codes of, uh, the regulatory agencies, the environmental agencies, okay. rather than being somebody who was on enforcement um, the enforcement end and, and finding failure and offering, you know, issuing fines that I, I believe people want to do good uh-huh. and right. And um, I wanted to be somebody who helped them do that within yeah. how they managed their mechanical processes, their um, manufacturing processes. And so I worked in that uh, field uh, for four or five, six years. And um, then when I got pregnant with my son, and when I was in Oklahoma, I, I first worked in Dallas. When I moved to Oklahoma City, I was working in hog farms and oil fields. And um, and when I got pregnant with my son, I uh, was doing testing some wastewater runoff. That's a hard word to say from a hog farm in Laverne in the middle of an ice storm and blizzard. And I knew I was pregnant, young, newly pregnant, and I slipped and fell on a pad that where that wastewater runoff had frozen. And I you know, flew up in the classic and landed hard on my back. And as the sleet was pounding on my face, I just thought, I don't think this is for me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and I rolled over and there was a stake, a rebar stake, just like six inches from me that I could have impaled myself. And then I looked a little further and there was a row of dead sows. And I I was like, that's it. it. When, when this baby comes, I'm out of here so fast. And I know there could have been other good op, but that was just for me, a clear sign of this is not for me. This is not what I, what I want. And, um, I just, I always wanted to be a mom. The boys tease me. Now they're 21, 19, and 17, and they always all, used to... Are they all boys? Yeah. Well, and I have a girl have who's a girl, 14. Okay. She'll be 14 in okay. a couple weeks. Yeah. Um, but the boys used to tease me, what are you going to do when we're gone? 
we're out, you know, we're going to be gone and what are you going to do? And I just would always choke up and say, I, this is all I ever wanted to do was be your mom. I never had another plan. And so part of food allowed me to do what I wanted to do most, which was be their mom. Mm -hmm. And, um, I have very much enjoyed it. Yeah, I have. Well, food's so special, right? And, and my, I, I am terrible at cooking to the point, and I am terrible at cooking because my mum worked at like um, a factory and, and she was the cook. And so she could cook. Yeah. Like I didn't have to worry about it, right? And I was now, I was fortunate that my parents were like, oh, there was always someone home to cook. And even and it got to a point that me and my brother would play sports on the weekend and, you know, Sunday roast is big, especially back home, and we'd always have a Sunday roast. And if we were playing sports Saturday and Sunday, mum would cook the roast Sunday and we'd eat it for dinner on Monday. You know, like I never had to worry about food in my house because <laughs> my mum had it covered. You know, yeah. she was the best. It still is. <laughs> uh, and I do miss that roast every now and then. I want that recipe. Uh, yeah, I know, right? Um, you know, so for me, like I'm lucky because my wife can cook. Uh-huh. But if it was up to me, I mean, I'd have chicken and broccoli for the rest of my life, you know, and maybe some microwave stuff. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I would have to take lessons. Yeah. But, you know, I think about all like the great times and all like, you know, and, and you look back at families and and. I've said this multiple times on the podcast, we don't sit around a table as a family, you know, people generally don't do that as a family anymore. And I kind of, I think people miss out on, on those, those connections, especially when you have the generations in the neighborhood or in the house, you know, yeah. you have grandparents coming over for dinner or, you know, for Christmas, we'd always go to my grandparents' house and every now and then, maybe, you know, once a month, if we went super busy, we'd all get together as a family and eat, mm-hmm. um, usually at my nan's house. But like, all those great memories are around food. You know, like my nan's apple pie, I miss it. I will miss it for the rest of my life, you know, and like just little things that she would make, right? And it's mostly the grandparents that make them. I mean, my gran, like, completely spoiled me as a kid. Like, she used to make me honey on toast every time I went up there, (laughs) you know, like, and just like my granddad would always joke that like, um, you know, because she would cut the crusts off them, right? And he would say, you know, you you won't have curly hair if you don't eat your crusts. Right, like the stupid, you know, everyone knows like the carrots, right? Don't eat carrots. You know, if you don't eat carrots, you won't be able to see in the dark. I was going to say, right? yeah. You're but just... like the curly hair thing about the crust, I was like, I don't want curly hair. <laughs> it's just like the silly little thing. Be gone with the crust. Yeah, yeah, but it all revolves around food. Yeah. You know, and being a mother or being a supportive person and just, you know. Well, Mike, there. and the thing is, is if you were to taste not just any old apple pie right. or not just any old roast, but if you were to taste the roast that takes your mind straight back to that kitchen mm-hmm. table, that's the, th- that's the magic. Yeah. And, um, that's the thing that I think is just so wonderful. Music is another thing mm-hmm. that does that. Yeah. Um, but that's what I think is so magnificent about food. Why, why is food so attractive? Sure. It, it satisfies in the moment. Sure. It tastes good. Beyond that, it draws me back to a time in memory. My grandma's passed. My grandma passed a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And what did we do on Saturday? We went over to my mom's house and made fudge. That was like the where you boil it to a certain temperature and then you have to let it cool down to a certain... Um, because that, that honored my grandma. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I love the opportunity to help people either make memories or mm-hmm. experience a memory. Um, from food. Yeah, because yeah, the, the thing on that I, I will probably never get to, but you have had this, is that you're on the cooking side, right? I'm always on the consuming and like the being around the family part, but, you know, it's obviously a different feeling, uh, you know, of just gratitude or whatever it is, being the cook, being able to provide that. And then you go one further and you're teaching people to provide yeah. that now, yeah, which is super special. It, it, it is. It really is. Um and, but I'm just like you in that I, there are recipes that are special in my home that I don't know how to make them. Um, I don't, I haven't had the history, but they've been made for me. And so that's really the challenge for me is capturing that and, and getting that logged into either my website or into a notebook that I have. Yeah. Um, because I know that there will come a time when all I have is the taste to get me back to the 
Yeah. The moment that I'm presently. Right. Because because when you look at like your aunts or your uncles or granddads or whoever that was making those recipes, they don't write it down. It's all in their head. Well, and they measure right? with stuff like, you yeah, know, a, a, a tin the, can. Yeah. Well, that too. But they're also just like literally like handing. But, yeah. yeah it's, it's all like done by eye, isn't it? Yeah. Like you can't train that. Yeah, you like, also slow it down. Let me see that one more time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. you know? <laughs> yeah. And that's the, that's the funny part too, yeah. is like you're seeing these things. You're like, how do I like, you know, just, I just want to video the whole thing. Just so you can, like, my, I can, my I can dad's still talks about a, a sugar cookie recipe that his grandmother used to make him yeah. when he was a little boy and uh, it was on a wood burning stove so it's not replicatable right. in any way and I spent years you know lightheartedly is this like it and the dad was always nice to say yes you know yes it is well not quite never got to it I was like okay that's one for heaven dad right. <laughs> there'll be sugar cookies in yeah. heaven for you yeah. sorry so. <laughs> I've been trying I just can't figure it out it's the wood burning stove right. I can't <laughs> God, that, yeah that's the thing about food isn't it yeah. it's just like technique technique yeah. timing ingredients yeah so. One of the things I noticed too, and I noticed this a lot more back home, is that I would have my nans, both, both have passed now, but I would have, um, if I went, and this is super British of me too, if I went to one nan's house and had a cup of tea, it would taste totally different to if I went to my other nan's house and had a cup of tea. And it wasn't, like, they could have made it the same, but it was also the water as well. Yeah. So the water was different, yeah. right? And it was, like, four miles apart. Like, it wasn't a big difference. It wasn't a different state. Um, but there's so many different, like, they can't, how do you get those tastes back if you don't live in that area yeah. as well, right? Right. So. Yeah. It's, it, it's all in the details. It really is. I... Um, what was interesting for me that even warmed me up to food to have been in the engineering field and um, in the um, earth sciences was my how my mom handled me when I was a little girl in the kitchen. And I definitely am not, I did not replicate her technique. But what she did was she would let me do whatever I wanted in the kitchen. And she cleaned up after me. That was like that. If we want to talk about magic, that was the magic stuff. Um, and that I didn't like yard work. So I would, um, I have one brother and, and they, were, they were, you know, inevitably you have the day where everybody's having to do yard work, pull weeds, trim the shrubs, mow the grass, whatever. I hate that. I still hate that to this day. And so the way I got out of it was I was thinking to myself, I was eight years old. I remember this vividly. And I thought, well, if I offer to make them dinner, then I won't have to go out and work in the yard. And I said, so can I make dinner? And then, you know, you guys would work out there. And when you're done, you'll have food because what else, you know, we have no. And so I opened up that orange Betty Crocker cookbook and I Went, looked all through it and picked the ham and cheese souffle. I mean, an eight-year-old making a ham and cheese souffle. I'd seen Julia Child do it on my black and white TV, and it seemed like no problem. So I always wanted to know what did that taste like. So I know, I still remember trashing that kitchen so bad. Flour and eggs and eggshells and grated cheese. It just It was an absolute bomb of a mess. And I got that souffle in the oven, and I opened it, opened the oven when it was time was up, and the souffle fell. And I mean, that was all that there was for dinner. That's what I'd made. A couple things stand out to me about that. One, they didn't tell me no. Like, why would you make a souffle? Just make, you know, pot roast or whatever it was that we had or spaghetti. They let me, she let me choose, my family let me choose what I wanted to make. And then the most, I still, this brings tears to my eyes to this day, but they sat down and ate it. They ate that fallen souffle and told me it was good. And then my mom, after working out in the yard all afternoon and evening, cleaned up the kitchen by herself. Why do I do what I do? That was a pivotal moment in my life. And, you know, the thing is, is she had no clue that being that way at that time was going to change my the, only that one four hour window in all the four hour windows that she had influencing my life would be one of the things that I have touched back on as what got me to where I am today and forget food what I really want to do is be the kind of person who operates in somebody's life in four hours that gives them a platform for something that they have 
in their future. Um, and so that's a voice in my cooking classes and in the heart of my writing that you can, you know, you mentioned, if you want to touch back on something, I want to touch back on you talking about the importance of eating around the dinner table. That was one of the things that influenced me documenting these recipes, because if you were to look through a lot of my stuff, it's extremely basic. It's very easy. It's not a lot of showy, braggy, new techniques. I'm not a gastrophysicist in the kitchen. Um, if that's a word, I don't know. Um, what I am is somebody who wants to say, hey, you can do what I'm doing, and it will make a difference in your life. Um, our priority we have still, even with most of the kids gone, is to eat dinner at the dinner table. I think that's where life happens and where people can check in and make sure each other's okay. Um, so, Yeah, it's hard to hide when you're around the dinner table with no phones in front of your family. Yeah. Right? Like, it's very obvious if someone is unhappy or upset, you know, with the six, eight people around a dinner table, because you're all sat there talking and someone's yeah. being quiet, right? And food uh, soothes the, it, rough, it mm -hmm. smooths the edges. It gives you an opportunity to kind of nestle in to having to talk about something hard. Um, and sure, you know, sure has that, that. That's at least how it's worked for me. Yeah. Yeah. And then you look back at that four hour window, right? And if you'd had a bad experience, then maybe you'd never be where we are today. Yeah. Right? I don't think we would. Like, oh, why did you, you know, start yelling at you? And, you you know, clean because, it up. Yeah. I was out here. I mean, I can, yeah. and I probably have lost some four hour windows myself. Right. Well, it's a very hard skill to do that, mm -hmm. to have patience, to teach, to see the longer picture there, yeah. right? Because if your mom's walking in or anyone walks in from doing yard work for all day and sees the kitchen's a mess, they're going to lose their mind, <laughs> Like right? anyone knows, you yeah. go open a cookbook and make your own souffle and what yeah. the kitchen looked like was better than what the kitchen looked like for me. It was an eight year old yeah. making a souffle. <laughs> It's such a good moment, though. There's so many lessons from that moment, yeah, right? Yeah. Not just about food. No, and she was that was consistent. She was consistently that yeah. way. So did you always want to have a teaching element to this then? Um, you know, that was one of those things that I said yes to. Yeah. Um, I had, I, I, it didn't occur to me. Um, the reality is, is I, my inner voice. Do you have an inner voice, Mike? Yeah, I okay. do. I, have multiple, I play golf. I have one on each shoulder. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. I just want to make sure that me admitting I have an inner no, voice I isn't going to get me into, yeah. you know, admitted into a, a, probably a have program. <laughs> tells me I have nothing to offer. I am not, you know, anyone could do what I'm doing and I need to just sit down and be quiet. That, that's that's a general, I mean, it's not a quote, but that's the feeling that I have inside. And so how did I get to teaching people was because um, I just challenged myself to tell that voice to shut up and to say yes more. And I will say, for as much as I joke about, I don't know how many four-hour opportunities I've offered people teaching, um, my intention was, was to... Uh, send that same experience that I had in, you know, 1984 mm -hmm. to the next person. I had one girl who, um, her mom sent her to me, and most of the time it was, ended up being private. People would cancel or no one else would sign up for a class, but I just had determined I didn't care how much money was coming in for that, that this is where I was meant to be at this moment with this person, and it had value. This one little girl came in, and I'm sure she was around seventh grade or so, and couldn't make eye contact, really couldn't have a conversation at all. And over the course of that semester, she came in once a week, and by the end of it, it was um, our great, it was my most enjoyable hour of two of the week. And she left smiling, and it hit me. That that was the moment that hit me. She'll never be, I mean, like, I don't know for sure this could be totally wrong, but she may never be the person who is the star of a sport or um, a prodigy with the piano. Um, she may not be getting a scholarship for math, but she was just told by somebody that she's good and can do something hard and it really transformed her countenance in that semester. It was amazing. And that's what I love about food. You can come with nothing 
and knowing nothing and become excellent at something. And I, I, my goal was is to offer that opportunity to people. Do you only kind of focus that on the kids? Is that where you see more most impact? Absolutely. The kids come in with less I can't yeah. attitude and more curiosity. Um, I taught adults uh, through More Norman Technology for five years, and there's definitely a different attitude, um, but just as much excitement and but I think I think there's a greater impact on the on the kid. Yeah. I do. Yeah, I agree. I think that there's a, you know, just a, the perspective of being a mom. I would tell my kids when to eat, when to sleep, what to wear most of the time. Um, I was the one who took him to get a haircut. I took him to the dentist. You know, I told him what to brush their teeth with. There was very little that they had uh, an opportunity to express themselves for, and food is one of those things that you can both in what you make in the kitchen and what you eat. And I think that that's why I loved teaching kids in that yeah. way. Um, it was a place where they could feel like they were in control when so much else they can't have any influence over. Mm -hmm. They can have influence in the kitchen. Yeah. Tell me about then the writing and blogging side of it, because I assume that's where the adults pay attention and get more info from you that way. So writing... Um, I've always liked creative writing. Okay. I mean, I remember in high school enjoying um, putting emotion in words. Um, and I just, what I found, I kind of hit a little na narrow window of time where blogging was noticeable. Now, I mean, there's so many different platforms that I think the blog is, you know, an ancient. Yeah. archaic thing like to even actually still be running it right. and I have no advertisements on my blog I mean you know you never find a blog that has but I'm like, like I said I'm not there for that yeah. um, so the interesting thing that happened really Instagram was the thing that kind of helped connect me out into the world okay. um, several years ago Edible OKC found me through an article that I had written on my website and, um, you know, one thing led to the next and, and somebody asked me to write and paid me for it. And that's kind of what I just said. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really a, uh, uh, almost embarrassing how, un, uh, let's see, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, how ambivalent I was toward that. Like I was not pursuing being paid to do anything. My first paid article actually was when we, uh, 12 or so years ago, I had, we built a house in Norman. I wanted to have a comp copper sink in that kitchen. My builder just was saying, um, you're going to regret that. And that was all I needed to have that copper sink. Yeah. <laughs> And then I had a bunch of friends just saying, well, how do you like, how's that copper sink working for you? And it was actually working pretty good. And so I wrote a blog post about it and the owner of that company found me and privately messaged me and asked if he could buy that article on my website. <laughs> I said, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I worked for him. In fact, I just talked to him this week and yeah. that's been, um, that has been 13 years. Wow. It's amazing how that works, right? And how amazing the internet is and how we can find it. And just by putting, by not worrying about what anyone else thinks, but by writing what you want and writing your feelings and writing yeah. your thoughts and literally, like, because a lot of people write something down and they don't post it because they're worried about what their, yeah. you know, their sister or their friends are going to think about yeah. it. Like, who cares? Yeah. You know, in the grand scheme of things, 10 people might even read it. It yeah. doesn't matter. You're, like, right, you're actually right. the right. owner of this might yeah. write it. And, you, know, you never know. No. But the good thing is you've yeah. been putting it out for so long and you get, you know, I did a blog for a little bit just to, I just wanted to feel and how that was. I did a daily one for a month. And um, I just, you know, I would take a few photos that day and just, and it you know, got me in the rhythm of doing it, but it got me in the rhythm. I learned so much more about I don't care if anybody reads this, yeah. right? Yeah. And you know, majority of people aren't. You're exactly right. And and that's really my my perspective is, well, two things. I'm not going to write for sensationalism. Yeah. I I know my lane and my lane is food. 
and I'm comfortable in that lane. And so you're not going to hear me stepping outside of that lane. Um, not because I'm weak or unaware, but because I believe that you can go somewhere else to find the information that you want about whatever topic is going on. If you want to know about food, you can come to me. Yeah. So I don't write for clicks. Um, I don't write for pay. I mean, I, people pay me, but like I said, my website has no yeah. um, advertisements on it. And I have people who will send me a message and say, that it was so nice to look through your website because not there was not one pop-up. And I'm like... I don't even know how to install a pop-up. I mean, I don't. <laughs> the truth of the matter, I don't have time for that. Like, I'm over here in the kitchen working. If, if you want to see something, and then somebody was saying, well, why don't you have some of those new things where you can jump to the recipe? I don't know if you, you know, sure. you yeah. probably don't, but yeah. you can start at the top of a blog post and click jump to the recipe. And I'm like, because that would actually clog up. Yeah my the the functionality of it and if somebody doesn't want to read what i wrote you know yeah is it really that big of a deal to scroll down for three seconds count to three and you're at the recipe <laughs> and they probably won't even make it anyway yeah you know? and they probably aren't gonna yeah. you know they probably aren't gonna statistics show that you're on a site for about 4.5 seconds so um but anyway yeah. so so that's the deal is i, I write for myself um, in the process of writing for myself, it has allowed you know, me a platform to end up writing for uh, myself with other people paying me. Yeah. Um, and I do really enjoy that. Yeah. Tell me about kind of what the day-to-day -day is like then. You're, you're videoing yourself. You're, and the other thing, too, is taking photos of food is extremely hard, and you do a very good job of Thank it. Thank you. So, like, that's skill for people listening. Just try to take photos of your food and realize how hard that is. Okay, I, Mike. I have tried. Um, and I'm you horrible need to come over to my house. Um, but, yeah, tell me. Yeah, I probably do. I need lessons in a lot of things. So um, tell me about how the day works and how, you know, like, a, you know, your content works. And, and like I said, you only post when you feel like it. But yeah. what is, like, the, the plan behind? whatever it is that you do and the process the most guess what the most valuable commodity in food photography and writing is probably your iphone light light okay. natural light okay natural light natural not, not light. a ring light natural no light. ring light okay natural light okay so for me that's where my money is Okay. And I don't mean like my pocket, I'm not getting rich on it, but that's what creates the, the product that I offer to a brand um, or offer to uh, my Instagram account or whatever the case yeah. may be, is lighting. Um, so in this new house, I put a window on either side of my stove, just clutch. Mm -hmm. My um, countertop is a matte black um, soapstone type counter which is like awesome for I don't even have to edit that photo sometimes because it's the, the lighting is so perfect I do edit it but um, I wouldn't have to yeah and then I built a room to the side of my kitchen just three steps away that is my photo table my filters my tripod um, all of my backdrop like all of my linens and plates and everything is just right there that's that's that was the one of the perks of moving was once I had been doing this for so long I knew exactly what I needed and so lighting is awesome so I know when I need to have a recipe um, in uh, prepared in order to photograph it based on the, the time of day yeah. so how my day looks um, I spend a lot of time the thing about me with food writing is I try to take a two or three off of something that's familiar, if that makes any sense. So I don't like looking at what other people are doing. I don't like um, seeing what's trending, um, typically. What I try to do, I have a large collection of old vintage cookbooks. And so what I try to do is kind of cull together, pull together, um, some concepts and techniques and then I do a lot of thinking. I write that recipe in my head and I probably do it four or five times in my mind before I've even started. Yeah. 
So I may be sitting there looking catatonic, but I am working. <laughs> I usually wake up about three every morning and lay there and I'm thinking through, okay, what if I did it like this? Well then, okay, well, how would I plate it? Well, the elevation would not look, okay, well then I would go back. And, and so there's a lot of adjusting. A lot of time is spent in that way. Um, and then, like I said, the rest of it is just a matter of once that thing is ready to, to film, it is get out of my way. The kids know, don't come in the kitchen. When they do, I'm like, get out of the kitchen. Um, I wish there was a video of that process. Because yeah. they're usually standing around me while I'm, can I taste it now? Can I taste it now? Can I taste it? Can I have some of that? Can Phony says. And you know what? Yeah. I've been, Mike, I've been doing this for 10 years. Yeah. Literally doing it for 10 years. And that's why I, say, I look at him and I say, you think that I'm going to make this and throw it in the trash? Right. Of course you can eat it right. every single time. It's, can yeah. I have that? Is that for dinner? Is that what's for dinner? Can I have that? <laughs> So what I need never stop eating kids ever. (laughs) Or that one of them will, you know, now that they're two of them are out of the house, it'll be you made that. You made that without me. Did you save me? Can I have the leftovers? Yeah, mom, can I come over for dinner tonight because I'm hungry and I see you on your Instagram, you're cooking something I really want. So the bottom line is, I'm a mom first. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter what else is happening. They're all around me. Yeah. So that's, and then the, the worst is cleaning up the sure. dishes. I hate that yeah, part. Yeah, it's never fun. So my, my that is my does. job in the house okay. because so my wife cooks. That's my husband's clean. job. Yeah. Uh, Loading the dishwasher is easy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and so there's a do not get in my way moment. And then, then there's a let's hurry up and clear it right. all up moment. Yeah. Um, I do enjoy working with brands because whether it's something that I had fought, like I, I have a, a current project right now with a brand that I've been working for off and on for a couple of years. And I told them when they reached out to me, I said, I have your stuff in my re- refrigerator right now your whatever the item was was significant in getting my kids a full tummy and and so when that happens I love working that way but I like working for brands I'm not familiar with too because it's like the like the show on Food Network Chopped where you open up the basket and you're like okay what am I going to do with this and so it's it's always something new as soon as one project is over another project is pressing on me and so what it looks like is I'm constantly Mm -hmm. thinking about the next thing yeah thinking about the next deadline that's fun though it's fun keeps you moving It, it definitely does yeah. yeah, that is exciting. And like you said, it's like the, this, it's the kind of food equivalent of opening up a Lego box and thinking, what am I going to make? Absolutely. Right? Like, I, I got to make something. And this is what I have to make something, which is. Well, and you walking onto a golf course. Yeah. And you're looking at, okay, from hole three to hole four, the wind is doing this, mm-hmm. but the slope is doing that. And. Yeah. yeah. The million variables. Yeah. Yeah. Which keeps it exciting, which I love. Yeah. Uh, finishing up, tell me about your favorite spots to eat in Edmond, downtown, Oklahoma City, wherever it's at. Because, you know, it's no secret that Oklahoma City's food scene has gotten extremely better since the Spaghetti Warehouse days of Bricktown. Oh, hasn't it? Yeah. Uh, and so as someone from just the love of cooking, the home cooked, what do you appreciate? And you obviously see, you have an eye for it. You see things differently to myself and others who don't cook. So as much. Um, man, I should have done my research on that question. That is a very hard question to answer for yeah. a couple different reasons. I do see stuff that um, I don't, I would like to not see sure. um, or not focus on, I guess is a better way of saying it. notice. I, I see things I would wish I didn't notice is a good way. Um, actually, one of the portions of the column that I do for edible OKC is going in and working with a chef. That's been really, really fun. Um, I just finished a collaboration with Maudur in Oklahoma City. Still need to go there. You got, you've got to go there. Yeah. So Chef Jeff taught me how to make rice noodles. It was, it was an awesome day in the kitchen with him. Um, and he taught me how to make his grandmother's chicken noodle soup. Oh, that's so special. Which is served at his restaurant on Saturdays. And that's not a plug. I'm just saying it just happens Saturdays? to be. Just Saturdays. It's okay. called Saturday Chicken Noodle Soup. Okay. And it's served until it runs out. And it always runs out. Yeah. And he taught me how to make that. And so I've been practicing that technique and practicing, you know, 
he didn't use carrot, celery, and parsley. He used the Laotian and uh, kind of trinity of lemongrass and ginger and green onions and achar. But anyway, I've been practicing that technique myself. But so madur is one of them. Okay. Um, and what I love about that is it, it's familiar and not all at the same time. So I would bet you $5 that if you went in and sat down and had a bowl of that chicken noodle soup, something in that bite would take you back to Somewhere. your home. Yeah. It would. It did me. Mm-hmm. Um, I Sedalia's is another one. I worked with the chef at Sedalia's, mm-hmm. and um, that they're cutting edge. They have fresh seafood that's flown in. Uh, rules are a um, second thought, not a first thought. First is how can I honor this food and make it make it good. Um, in Edmond, I actually really like Mount Everest. Okay, it's Nepalese and Indian. Um, I like simply falafel. It's uh, Lebanese, uh, Middle Eastern, Syrian food. Um. There is, is it called the granary? Okay. Oh, maybe. This may be the part where you That's zip I mean, out. Yeah. Uh, but it's the, the, two, the silos, the flour silos. Okay. There's a restaurant in, in that yeah. that is delicious. Um, it's a higher end dining, very good. Um, there's a signature grill that I've heard awesome things about and haven't been there, but it's on my list. Mm-hmm. We just have lived here for like eight weeks, so. I have a big mountain to climb and becoming familiar with Edmund. There's a lot of cool stuff in it. So anyone who wants to give me a list, yeah. send it to me on Instagram yeah. and I will put it put it there and start tracking it down. Awesome. Um, uh, I do love food. Yes. Well, and that's the thing. Like I, me too. And it's, um, what's funny is my dad was here a couple of, uh, about a month ago and you know, we, we went out and ate all the, you know, we went to Aishan's, right? We go yeah. to Robert's Grill in El Reno. You know, we go to all the, like, the, the kind of famous spots with terrible, like, great food, but not good for your body. And my dad got home and probably shouldn't have seen his doctor within 24 hours of oh, going no. back to the UK. And the doctor said, you're no longer eating red meat until I tell you so. <laughs> <laughs> because we just loaded up on red meat for a week, you know, steaks and everything else and onion hamburgers and, you know, fried chicken and all, all the great stuff, right? All yeah, the, the feel-good food that you, you should only do eat it. once a month, not in the space of a week. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, but there was other foods, like you just said, like the, it doesn't have to be unhealthy food. It can yeah. be, you know, there's, I think there's such a stigma around like unhealthy food super expensive or unhealthy food you know we can't do that because of whatever it is um, but no you can and, and you know it's great that you have a spot for that as well and you're also teaching you know kids that hey if mom's busy then we don't have to go to mcdonald's so we don't have to go somewhere well if like, you know I how to scramble an happen. egg yeah then you've given I, you. I know how to, i don't know how to scramble an egg. i know how to make it like okay. fried eggs so okay. we'll, we'll go get it <laughs> i can do egg on toast it's the, it's the same concept if you give a person uh, you know you give them a fish they you feed yes. them for a day if you yeah. teach them how to fish you feed them for a lifetime and that that is the the concept within the kitchen for me yeah is i'm not trying to give you a fish i'm trying to give you a lifetime of fish yeah um with confidence yeah um the last thing i would say is what i love about my time in the kitchen whether it's with my kids or in a in a teaching um uh, setting is failure is very cheap mm-hmm. and failure is as much of a learning opportunity it's more of a learning opportunity yeah. and there's very few things in life that failure is such a comfortable thing mm-hmm. and uh, so that's the perspective is I'm always looking for where's the part where we failed or where's the part that you're scared to fail yeah and then let's break down what's so scary about that failure. And when it comes down to it, what's scary is that you maybe have to eat something that tastes less than perfect. And you maybe wasted a couple dollars. Yeah. Even in today's food cost, a couple eggs, a little bit of flour yeah. is cheap. No big deal. No big deal. And you'll probably never make that mistake again. <laughs> yeah, true. You need to make it once so you know yeah. you never make it again. Yeah. Uh, 
Well, so people can find you at foodforyear.com. Yes. Is that where everything is? And then Food for a Year on Instagram, which yes. I'll post in the link down in the description down below. People can go click on that. Uh, finishing up, do you have any events coming up soon or anything that you're excited about? Let's see. Coming up, this is the the the, the uh, Super Bowl of food is Thanksgiving and Christmas. Um, I have a couple of projects I'm working on with a few brands. I have a couple friends in Norman that I do some one-offs where I make some of the stuff that I write about and then sell it. So I've got a Reclaim Warehouse event um, middle of November in Moore, Oklahoma. And then um, the Farm Girl Fair, I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but it's a big event in Norman where a bunch of women, it used to be women makers, but now it's local makers of all sorts yeah. come and bring their wares, whether it's food or art or whatever. And they have a holiday event um, coming up in the small business weekend so that yeah, i'll be at last that. saturday of november yeah cool. yeah like the day after black friday yeah. mm -hmm. awesome well emily thank you so much yeah it's yeah. been an absolute blast well I, thank uh, you i'm thank now you. hungry <laughs> well good <laughs> well, i hope good. everyone else listening is i've too. done my job you've done your job yeah <laughs> uh, god i'm gonna have to go to Mardea soon I'm going to have to do that. Do it. Especially on Saturday, chicken noodle soup. Yeah. So, awesome. Yeah. Well, for people listening, I'll put the link to uh, Emily's website in the description down below as well as the Instagram. And uh, reach out. You'll learn some things. And even if you want to take photo, better photos, natural light is the way to go. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we will. Thanks so much. We'll catch you next episode. Okay. Cheers. Hope you guys enjoyed that great episode. Thank you so much for listening. As always, huge shout out to our sponsors, the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, sharing Oklahoma story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Oklahoma Hall, of fame go to www.oklahomahof.com and follow them on instagram for daily updates at oklahoma hof our other sponsor the chickasaw nation amazing sponsor they do amazing things for the state and they're always sponsoring something in oklahoma they're a huge supporter of oklahoma and without their support we wouldn't be able to do what we do and our third sponsor is Diffie Ford Lincoln down in El Reno. Now, this one makes me so happy because these guys are great friends of mine, um, play a lot of golf together. I've bought my cars from them, do most of my oil changes down there, have a cup of coffee, hang out down in El Reno. It's a good spot to go. And not only are they great friends, but they provide a great service. So for over 60 years, a third generation family owned Oklahoma business down in El Reno they're also in Bethany as well so people in the Bethany area know the Diffies really well but if you're looking for anything new used um, Ford Lincoln or whatever I'm sure they could find anything you want um, check them out DiffieFord.net and then on Instagram at DiffieFordLincoln thank you for listening we are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.